I actually recommend when I talk to businesses, when I consult businesses to start with basics because you can't imagine a lot of people actually forget about it and to really dive deeper in understanding A, like of your product and then B, understanding your customer. Because how often do you ask someone, hey, who's your customer? And the answer is everyone. Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the no BS marketing podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Hey, Anna, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Daniel. Thanks a lot for having me. I want to dive in and get your experience. How did you get into marketing and how did you end up becoming the head of marketing at ManyChat? That was an interesting transition. I always uh, was an entrepreneur. Uh, When I graduated, I decided to join my family business and then I launched a chain of grocery stores like farm to table organic grocery stores and really enjoyed doing that, which gave me a lot of flexibility in terms of where I wanted to focus on myself and what I was able to outsource. But then I sold my business, moved to the United States, and I asked myself a question, what I liked doing the most. And it turned out that marketing piece was the most exciting for me uh, at the time when I was running my business. So I decided to get more into digital marketing, into customer acquisition, retention, got a couple of courses just to educate my myself on that part of marketing and joined my first startup, Luma Body Tech, uh, here in Silicon Valley. And we were doing really cool devices for posture and for running. And my goal there was to grow the company from the digital marketing perspective, like direct to consumer. So that's how I started. I know you have some cool approaches right now since iOS 14 is happening and getting in front of the people are getting harder and harder with ads costs rising. So how do you think about your marketing at ManyChat? I love this question because iOS 14 changes is such a bummer for all of us marketers out there, right? It, it got so hard to target your customers, to actually get your retargeting campaigns out there and also get your analytics uh, right in sync. So that's one thing, right? And the other thing is also the competition on the ad market where all the brands are on Facebook, on Meta now, right? And all of them are on Google and you need to compete and the prices are going up. So the first idea is, was like, okay, so what? Like, are ads done? Like, do we need to tap into other channels? And the answer is partially, only partially yes. So... My approach here is time when we used to have ads as a vending machine where you spend $1 in and you get $4 out with direct response, buy me, buy me right now, ads are done, they're over. So you marketers need to be creative. 
the way to be creative is to really understand who your customers are, what are their pain points, and how can you address those by providing high value content or anything that they would be excited about outside of your product. Starting with like pretty, you know, popular Legion ads where you create high quality content, right? Then moving into events uh, with ManyChat, we did a couple of summits last year and one this year where we generated 25,000 registrations, you know, of the folks that are not necessarily interested in the product, they were interested in the field. And then our job then was to move them down the funnel and to educate on automation and educate on how to basically use ManyChat as a product so they can start with it right away. Another way to approach it is through utilizing other channels. So influencer marketing is huge right now, right? A lot of folks are onboarding influencers to promote their products and services, but then they end with followers that those influencers have, right? Which is not fun. Like you can go, even if we're talking about those who have 1 million, 2 million followers, like that's pretty much a cap. What we do at ManyChat is we then do whitelisting programs with them where we get access to their ads accounts and promote content which looks way more authentic compared to content that is pushed, you know, by the brand itself. So stuff like that where you can mix and match channels, tools, and get creative can definitely, you know, help to be ahead of the game with your ads. What right now do you see is the greatest challenge with omni-channel approach, whether it could be buy-in with stakeholders on doing new channels or just the little education there is out there on new channels that are popping up? What is a, a challenge that's happening right now that you're seeing? I think it really depends on whom we are talking about here, because if we're talking about small business owners, the channel here is lack of education and lack of time. Lack of time in terms of learning what are the new tools out there, how to use those tools effectively so you get the return on investment, right? You spend both, you know, on the tool and also on the time you spend. So I would say that's the biggest one that we see at ManyChat. But I want to encourage folks, you know, to be more open to exploring what is out there because there are a lot of options, you know, starting from automation that we offer at ManyChat, where you can use only one platform and tap into a lot of channels, Messenger, Instagram, email, SMS, and do it all, you know, from one platform to a lot of other tools that could help you increase your sales, you know, improve your conversion rates and make sure that you acquire new customers uh, and nurture the existing ones effectively. What is a marketing hill you would die on? I think in the marketing side of things, there are two things, right? The first one is automation. Like since like ManyChat is all about automation, I'm a huge fan of it and thinking how you can automate, you know, as much as you can so you can spend time doing what you actually enjoy doing. 
So that's the first one. The second one is personalization. You know, we live in the world where the attention spam is tiny. Uh, You only got so many seconds of your customer's attention, depending on like where they are in the life cycle. But even if it's the customers that you already own and use the product, you still have very limited amount of attention. And the more personalized content you provide them, the higher the chance that they will actually listen to you and uh, perform an action that you want them to perform. And lastly, the third one is influencer marketing, like all this creator's economy. I'm a huge fan of those because first of all, as a marketer, I see a lot of efficiency in working on this channel. Currently, I work with uh, my team, you know, works with over 50 influencers globally promoting the product. And it is the most effective channel for now as of today. And the reason why is because those influencers, no matter how big or small they are, they have a lot of followers, you know, that trust them. And if you make relationships with those influencers who are not just promoting your product because they get paid, but they actually like your product, they use it, you know, on the regular basis, and they talk about your product uh, to their followers, you get a really engaged audience, you know, new audience and new customers for your brand. Going back to the personalization part of it, what is an example of personalized content? Because there's so many different ways people describe personalization in the world today. So what is an example of a, a way to deliver personalized content to your audience? We can look at it through a lot of different perspectives, right? It could be from using the tools that allow to recognize whether it's a new user or a new customer to you or someone who's already been to your website and then provide personalized content for them depending on what stage of the funnel they are. So that would be that. The second one is really understanding your customers and uh, provide personalized messaging to those, you know, again, depending on what stage of the cycle they are. So for example, at ManyChat, we target a lot of different industries, right? We target e-commerce, we target local businesses, restaurants, beauty salons, and then digital marketing agencies. All of them have different needs and have different perspectives and use the tool differently, right? So you want to make sure that you address those needs and create different campaigns and set of communications to all of this, you know, different audiences. And then lastly, um, content that you provide on your social media. So when you have, I don't know, when you use Instagram to promote your services or to promote your brand or just to create community, you know, for your business, you want to make sure that you understand who your followers are 
and then offer what they actually need, right? You can do that by uh, doing a lot of different surveys and asking them. Uh, you can do it by, again, automation, when you can create different campaigns where you actually ask, like, what are their interests? And then you can tag those followers and then provide different content for them. So stuff like that is uh, extremely important. I know that it's tough to predict the future, but what is one thing, a marketing trend that you're seeing that people should jump on right now? I would say going back to iOS 14 changes and owning your customer data, that would be the biggest, right? Because all of us marketers encountered so many changes, you know, of the platforms that we heavily relied on. Google Ads, right? search engine optimization, when they change their algorithms, you can drop from being the first on the first Google search results, you know, right to, you know, the bottom of the list. Then with Facebook uh, and Instagram, pretty much same thing. Once they change the algorithms, you can stop reaching all of your followers and it can, again, drop from 100% to, I don't know, 10%. So the most reliable thing is owning your customer's data and making sure you generate the list of your customers, their emails, their phone numbers, and you constantly nurture those on the platforms that you own. I think you're not the first one to say that, which is a great thing. That means it is a trend that's happening right now where zero party data and data that you have in your database and collecting emails have been more important than ever since all these platforms are walled off platforms. They're not sharing data with each other. So I think that's a great, a great answer for that question. What is something that someone starting now in marketing what advice would you give them that they would thank you five years later for? A lot of marketers and business owners, you know, who play this role of a marketer or growth person, you know, in the company, they always think about what is this next trend? What is this next shiny thing we need to jump on, you know, to be ahead of the game? I actually recommend when I talk to businesses, when I consult businesses to start with basics, because you can't imagine a lot of people actually forget about it. And to really dive deeper in understanding A, like of your product, and then B, understanding your customer. Because how often do you ask someone, it's like, hey, who's your customer? And the answer is everyone, right? Which can never, never, never be the case. And then I recommend diving deeper, understanding your customer, understanding where they hang out, understanding their needs, understanding the language, you know, they use to communicate their pain points. And then just connect it with your product and with your offer and see if there is really nice alignment. By doing that in five years, you'll see that, all of the customer acquisition channels, all of the retention campaigns are aligned and you're on the growth trajectory. What is um, some ways that you've done to better know your audience? Like people say, get to know your audience. So what are some ways that you've like figured out that let's say e-commerce marketers are my audience and nail salons on my audience like how did you how did you go about figuring that out 
First of all, make sure that you ask these questions, you know, when you onboard your customers. So you have a questionnaire, you know, where you gather this data and you can then filter it out. So that's the first one. Second of all, talk to your audience, like make it a habit, like on a weekly basis, you know, talk to at least one or two clients every week. And you can't even imagine how much information, you know, you can get from those. Third of all, make sure you understand, you know, where your audience is by talking to them and then just go and explore, explore the Facebook groups, you know, where they hang out and see what questions do they normally ask. You can just use the search bar and start with questions, how, why, what, you know, and then you would see most commonly asked questions. Again, like and address those either with product that you offer or with the service or content that you offer to this audience. You can also use a lot of tools like Helio, for example, I use it myself, love this tool a lot, where they provide you with a group of audiences from different industries, and then you can basically show them your content, either landing pages or the product itself, and they can check it out, comment, ask questions. You can ask them very specific questions. Another cool product is usertesting.com. It also allows you to get to know, you know, your audience better and see how your product is aligned with the audience. So a lot of options. You just need to start somewhere and make it a priority. Yeah, I love that you you said go actually explore groups and go to places where you think they hang out. Because I think that is somewhere and see what languages they're speaking in those groups. Because I think a lot of people think of it as, let's just go test on a platform, see if they're there. But you could also just simply search marketing on the platform and see how many groups come up and search marketers on LinkedIn and see how many marketers come up. You can easily, the the search functionalities on these platforms are so great that it's, I like that. I that recommendation of going and just spending time on the platform to understand what people are doing. 100% or even offline. Um, I remember when we were launching a new product with Luma Body Tag, it was a like run coach that you put on your shorts and then it coaches you while you run. We would actually create a run club, you know, within the company and then invite other runners to participate so we can talk to them and spend time together. It was a lot of fun. I think a lot of people are underestimating live events now and intimate places in person since COVID has died down a little bit. I think people are craving that intimacy, that in-person stuff. So I think that's an awesome idea as well. Who are some marketers marketers that have inspired you in your career so far? There are a lot of them. So Seth Godin would be one of those. Uh, I really enjoy how he always come down, you know, to basics, like what's important, like, again, like understanding your customer product and telling really authentic stories. Uh, he has a lot of a lot of books. Um, he was a speaker at our summit this April. So really enjoy 
enjoy his work. Another one would be Neil Patel. He used to be a very omni-channel marketer. Right now, the focus is on search, and he provides a lot of valuable content. No more names come up, but... I'm a constant learner. I would go to different conferences. You know, uh, there are a ton of interesting conferences online right now. So it's super easy to participate and just, you know, see what topics are the most relevant. Where do I need to dive deeper? And that's how I approach my learning. I think that's the one commonality of like great marketers is that constant urge of learning. I think it's just one one profession. I know a lot of professions is constant learning, but one profession that moves so fast that you just have to continue to learn and people are doing new things all the time. And But I also love what you said before is while you're learning all this stuff, just don't forget about the basics, which a lot of people forget about. They start learning and learning and they forget what is the foundation of great marketing and the foundations usually are very simple, which I, I love that you said, you've said, but Seth Godin, then he keeps it simple. I think the best marketers know how to just keep it simple, have focus and not put their hands in too many things at once. Just diving into one more thing is because I'm really interested. You said that influencer marketing brings in a lot of your pipeline. So besides whitelisting, how else do you work with influencers? First of all, even before we do whitelisting campaigns, is just making relationships with influencers that target the same audience that we do. The second one is onboarding them with the product because what we don't want uh, the influencer campaigns be as just pure advertisement and like that's it like that never converted really nice for us so we want to make sure they actually use the product they see the value and they start using the product themselves so i would say that is the most important thing and you give a lot of interesting you get a lot of interesting feedback you get a lot of interesting use cases from influencers when you interact with them in this level And then lastly, making sure, you know, that you're not just leaving the influencer by themselves, you know, to create content for you, but you provide them with as much assets as possible, you know, to create high quality content. So that would be the first one. The second one, once you see that the campaigns are there, they're performing really nice with the followers that they have you want to make sure you think you know how to you understand how to scale those and that's where whitelisting comes into place where you can actually drive ads using their content from their accounts the next one is using influencer generated content and to use it for customer acquisition either through running ads you know through to acquire new users or to use their testimonials to use for retargeting campaigns or one of the nurture email series, you know, that you have, like we always do that. And lastly, invite those uh, influencers that you partner with to 
events that you create. So for example, the summits that I keep bringing up, a lot of them, I would say 30% of the speakers of those events were the influencers that we partnered with. So that was amazing. Or for example, when ManyChat is invited to be a speaker at the conferences, sometimes we wouldn't send like our employee, we would actually ask one of the influencers to go because it also sounds way more authentically than, you know, someone talking about the product compared to a person that uses it talking about the product. So tapping into your influencers, similarly, the way you would do with your marketing team. That's how I see that. I like the progression. The one part I think a lot of people miss too is the quality content part of it. I think a lot of influencer campaigns come off inauthentic because either they're controlled by the brand too much or it doesn't provide any entertainment value, anything like that. So I love starting with quality content and then getting into the whitelisting technique where a lot of people, I like how you broke that down. That's awesome. Last thing I want to leave you with is where people could find you and also anything about ManyChat, where could they find ManyChat? What does ManyChat do? The floor is yours to say whatever you want. Thanks a lot. Yeah, first of all, in terms of ManyChat, if you are interested to try automation, if you want to automate your messenger campaigns, or if you find yourself driving, you know, ads and they don't perform, probably you want to test out click to messenger ads with automation, or let's say you're very strong with Instagram and you get a lot of DMs, you can also automate those and also drive traffic, you know, from Instagram to your sales pages, which can also be done through many chats. So a lot of, a lot of implementations through like one omni-channel platform that I definitely recommend you testing out. And I can offer you a coupon code that can help you set up everything and give you one month free of all the pro features. Uh, Just use the code podcast when you go through registration process. In terms of myself, uh, feel free to find me on LinkedIn as Anna Tutskaya. I'm sure uh, you'll link it uh, to the podcast notes and feel free to reach out, ask any questions, or if you have any comments, you want to chat about what we you know, brought up during this podcast, happy to do that. And also that's awesome that they get one month free if they go on. So that's an awesome thing why not try something new? And also it's funny because I remember like, I think it was like four years ago when my CMO was raving about ManyChat and before I I left that company, he was so excited to implement it because he heard from a lot of other marketers that it was a great tool. So that's actually how I joined ManyChat. I used it myself, like at Luma Body Tech, at the agency that I ran. So it was very beneficial for other customers. So when ManyChat reached out to have their marketing, I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I want to be on board. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining. This was a great chat. And thank you again. Thanks. Thanks, Daniel, for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing schools operators. If you haven't already, Please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. 
It helps bring more marketers into our community.